know, we have this capability of seeing things in another perspective, and the perspective is called si se puede. It's super interesting. So when people say, like, think outside of the box, I was like, what box? De que me hablas? I don't have a box. What? It's like, <laughs> we Latinos do not know what a box is. It's like, <laughs> just tell me what needs to be done and I'll make it happen. Right? Si se puede, yeah. Like, we don't, we don't have all this, oh, wait, the rules and regulations and, and policies and, and hierarchies and steps to follow. Like, we, we're, we're not, we, we don't come from cultures like that. We're, it's a very flexible one. And that flexibility is the strength that we bring to the table in corporations because we get things solved. We're not waiting for procedures and manuals and instructions. We don't read instructions. We figure it out. We figure it out. Yo, that was a clip from this week's episode with our special guest, Minwe Yoshida, who is the CEO and founder of Yoshida Consulting. Now, a little bit a little bit about Minwe. She is a half Mexican, half Japanese, multilingual entrepreneur whose mission is to help people discover who they are and what they are capable of. She's been called a disruptor, non-fit, crazy, intense, and even inappropriate. All of these labels and critiques have really fueled her desire to help individuals overcome other people's expectation through the graceful art of speaking up and caring less about people's judgments. Minwe really offers a fresh perspective on public speaking, leadership, and assertive communication in the workforce and business. And also, quick fun fact, she co-founded Yoshida Consulting with a former guest, Angie Ogando. <laughs> Small world. Anyway, let's get into the episode. Well, thank you for joining us. Really, really appreciate taking the time. Uh, let's start off with a question that I always ask, you know, my guests, you know, when you hear the word authenticity or when people tell you to be your authentic self, what comes to mind? Like, how do you, yeah, what does that mean to you? Authenticity, what comes to mind to me is a word that I often use that is alignment. Alignment with being uh, coherent or congruent with what you think, what you do, what you say, and how you feel. Because when those things align, then what comes across is like a single message or a single voice, you know? And, and, and uh, <clears throat> actually, in public speaking, this is one of the topics that we often touch base in, and people say, I don't know why, but... Sometimes I speak and people don't understand what I'm saying and then they and they and they take me as non-authentic. Um and I ask them, so where what, what were you doing? What were you thinking? What words did you use? And so then I watch them or or I watch a video or something and I was like, You're saying this, but you but you're doing this other thing. And uh, and it's pretty much uh, like when somebody asks you <laughs> How do you, how do you, you know, do, do you like this person? And you go like, oh my gosh, he's amazing. Pavel is the best. But your head is saying no, <laughs> right? And so I am not being authentic because I am not aligned with my nonverbal communication and what I'm saying. And it's, it happens in such a short, uh, you know, it's like seconds 
that people cannot tell, ah, you know what? When I spoke to Pavel, Pavel said something with his mouth, but his body said something else. So he was not being authentic with his feelings. Like people don't go to that, <laughs> right? The, the micro expressions, no, 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 no. The only thing that, that people perceive because it's a matter of seconds is there's something off with Pavel. Mm -hmm. Off, just off. And so but for me, being authentic is that. And it has nothing to do with also many of the things that people sometimes have, have said of, I'm going to use curse language because that's my authentic me. So they confuse being authentic with having to use foul language so that people say the more me, or I'm going to tell everybody my deepest feelings, whether they're good or bad, they have to take it because they're, they're mine and I'm being authentic. And I was like, Oh, that's another way of, it has nothing to do with authenticity. That's um, so, yeah, no, that, I, that's so interesting. And I love the fact that you teach people and coach people on public speaking, because for so many people, that's, their worst fear, you know, being in front of a crowd and, you yeah. know, just speaking to them, telling the story. And before, before we get into that, you know, I, I'd love to know, you know, were you always aligned with those four things? Like, what, no. what was that like for you? What was no. that journey like? No, of course not. Uh, the, this alignment that you see now, it's actually work, work in progress, no? Because I, I, I think that um, there's no such thing as as the state of being that it's so perfect that there's nothing to improve on the contrary i've been finding this the more i know the less i the more i know the less i know like type of <laughs> like i i have been now finding oh my god i need to change all these things to continue looking for that alignment however what you see right now is the closest version of alignment that i've ever been in my life and have i ever been aligned absolutely not uh, <laughs> let's begin with something Minue Yoshida. Minue Kumiko Yoshida Kano, my whole name. Growing up in Mexico City, my friends were named Maria, Alejandra, Claudia, Guadalupe, right? And I always complain to my parents, why couldn't you just think of a name to give me that I could use with my friends instead of having to make all this stuff, no? So um, in order to blend, I played a lot of roles and a lot of things and circumstances to blend the only half Japanese at school. So of course, every joke on me, right? And then Yoshida, oh my God. <laughs> when people say like, somebody's bullying me for my name. And I was like, oh, don't, don't even go there. It's like, and that's why when people ask me, how do you say your name? I say, I don't care. I really don't care. Because with a name like Minue Kumiko Yoshida, I was like, Kano, <laughs> like, come on. I'm not picky. Um, I believe people will say your name as they, with the intention, right? Is what I care is about intention because you can call me honey and sweetheart and, 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 and all this, but with a bad intention, right? So <laughs> who cares about what they're saying? It's, about, it's coming from the heart. People have called me Mimi, Memi, Menu, <laughs> Manu, <laughs> and I don't care. And, and being, being, uh, being authentic or not authentic has, has, has been about, are people understanding understanding is the word are people well yeah wait is understanding where i'm coming from uh, it, does it make sense so you have this like latina woman grow growing up in mexico city but with some japanese traditions that i was not even aware Pavel. i was not aware i didn't know how much of me was japanese until i left the country 
And then my husband told me like, oh, that's pretty much your father. And I was like, oh, it is? Ah, oh, yay. So I'm discovering myself as a grown-up woman. Um, that's, and then, that's, oh, sorry, go for it. No, 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 no. And then I was going to tell you that. And then going to Japan gave me like a whole peripheral per, per, view of, ah, that's, that's my other, that's why we behave like this. That's, that's why we look like this. And my father makes these noises, like very Japanese. Mm. like i know i understand Uh, but growing up having to almost play the game to be accepted at school and then accepted in the playground no and then and then being accepted now in the in the workforce that was different because um I think that as grown-ups, then we are more open-minded and all that in, in different workforce. So being half Japanese always play this role of, oh my goodness, tell me more about it. Do you eat chopsticks with, you know, do you take your shoes off? And then Karate Kid came. So does your father grab the flies with chopsticks like Mr. Miyagi? Wow. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, and I was joking. It's like There was a point where I said like, yeah, yeah, that's what we do at home. Yeah. <laughs> Is your bladder black belt? Ooh, of course. And so kick your butt. And so um, all, all the boys must all the boys must have been terrified to come home, right? Oh yeah. Because your dad's gonna beat them up, yeah. I r- rightfully so my father was a bit like that. <laughs> um, it, I, I, I agree with you though. Like even even something as simple as a name, I think for the most part, you know, there isn't bad intention in it. It's just something that they haven't heard before, right? But it's so interesting. Like I personally have never been to Mexico City and I've also never been to Japan, but growing up in Mexico City, um, are there a lot of children that, well, what I'm curious about is sort of like how your parents met and sort of like, was that in Mexico City? Is there a big Japanese influence in Mexico City? I'm just like really curious about that. Do you want me to go, <laughs> do you want me to go back, back in where the boat was? <laughs> <laughs> there was this boat and there were all the stories. And I found the boat. Um, my father studied medicine. Uh, and uh, he, in one of the years of his residence, uh, what they do, I think they do it here in the US, I'm not sure. But in one of the years of residency, you have to go and serve for I think one year or two uh, in a place in need. So there was this place called Torreón Coahuila uh, that is near the border. I think it's under Texas, beneath Texas. And so then uh, my mother was there and that's how they met. And then they were boyfriend, girlfriend. My father was living in Mexico City and this place was all the way in the north near Texas. Like, well, I don't know if people can see the map, but if you can see the map, I'm talking about 12, 14 hours of difference between one and the other, if you're driving, no? if you're in a plane, it's an hour and a half. Uh, but anyway, it's not, it's not close. So they were living in this long distance relationship with my father was in, in the capital in Mexico City and my mother all the way in the north for four years, four years writing letters and, wow. uh, and the location that's so, of the phone call. That's so old school. Like there was no like Instagram DMs. <laughs> oh, I'm talking about 19. They went, they got married in 65, I think 65 or something like that. Something like that. Mm-hmm, 65. <laughs> wow. That's very similar to a story. Um, I have an aunt that I have an aunt that married. Um, well, now my uncle, he is Canadian and my aunt is, from the Dominican Republic, but they were both doing a program similar to that. It wasn't, it wasn't medicine based, but it, it was some like 
one of those national organizations where they go to a country in need. Mm-hmm. And like my uncle, who's Canadian, went to the Dominican Republic and they met, they started dating. Um, and yeah, it's so interesting how that just like happens, like with different families. It's destiny, what can I tell you? Uh, so, as a grown so, up, I can tell you that I can't think or more, or, of, of a more contradictory or opposed culture than an Asian culture and a Latino culture is like, it's like water and oil. <laughs> well, tell tell yeah. me about that. What, what do you mean? Like, what are some of the differences? Well, you, I know, you like, the, my, my father's perception of time, seven o'clock is not like, if you go at seven and the thing was at seven, you're late. You should be at 6.45 or 6.30. It's like even before time. No? And then the Latino time is like, well, at seven, you're going. <laughs> you know, like the seven is the time that you're going, uh, and and so that's that's some of the difference. And then or or order like Japanese are very clean, very much got to be like this. No, and in the Latino world, it's like that. Whatever it is, and we'll find it. And it's it's almost like the order in the chaos type of thing. Um, Japanese are very planned. There's always an agenda. And in the Latino one, it's like that. We'll play it by ear. Um, and so the, the Japanese are much more about. The present, the past, and the future is, is a timeline that is present all the time. All the time. So whatever you're doing is your ancestors are there. So it goes centuries back. What you're doing right now, like being in the here and the now, they're very much sane and, and very present. And, and they follow this. Um, it's, it's not a religion. It's a way of living the Shintoism. And it's uh, like love, beauty. And, and it's, it's love, about, uh, love for everything alive, any, anything in nature. But it's also love for... Uh, anything that is beauty and, and um, literally everything around you. Um, but they're also thinking all the time about the future, like everything they do has a consequence in the future and, and are planning the future. So it's a very interesting way of being. And in the Latino side, it's like pretty much the present, the here and the now. Yesterday, I forgot, tomorrow, I don't know, the here and the now. And so, and I'm not saying one is better on the other, by the way, like it's way of, ways of being. Uh, if you think about this, um, pretty much, if you will put them in the blender, then you will go like, okay, we'll get a very, a very good balanced society here. No? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, pretty, it's been fun. I, I instantly thought yeah. of that song, one of my favorite salsa songs, like, yo no sé mañana. It's pretty much saying, like, live in the moment. Exactly. Um, That's our culture. Yo no sé mañana. This is what I have to say. And, and it's, and I'd love to understand more around, like, there was external pressure around, like, you, you, you're you mentioning the playground or, you know, children at a young age making fun of you. Um, and they're sort of like pushing you to go a certain way. But what about you? Like, did you find yourself embracing one side versus the other? Like, how did you deal with that duality of identity between the different cultures? Well, it was one after I wasn't I wasn't really thinking of embracing one of the other, but it was more about navigating it, right? So it's like the river is going, and I was like, oh, it's not here. Oh, okay. Oh, to the left. Oh, to the left. Okay, to the right. To the right. Fabulous. No? So I remember, I remember. Uh, I, I would not know. I think it was nine or ten years old, and I went to a friend of mine to to her place, um, Ale Levy, and we were sitting in the in the. Um, in the dining room with all, all our friends. And so then the soup was served and I grabbed my bowl. <laughs> I put it in my mouth, <laughs> my soup. <laughs> and everybody stopped eating with their spoons like this. <laughs> and then I just look at them and I was like, 
you don't do that, right? And you go like, no, got it. <laughs> and, and, and I'm not five or six. I mean, I, I, I'm nine or 10 or something, but uh, I, I came home and I told my, my, my parents, so people don't do that. And they were like, no, that's Japan. <laughs> I was like, why didn't you tell me? And I did like that, a hundred that you will not imagine. Like, you know, there's, they, they don't have doors, doors. Well, now they do, obviously. I'm talking about like growing up and we're not. Uh, it's like sliding doors. In, in, in actuality, there are many houses that have no doors still. Like if you go to, to one of those little towns, they are still just like, um, I don't know how they're called, but um, they, they just go left and right, but they don't, they don't really close. There's, no, there's not a knob. Um, Interesting. And, and, and we grew up like that, like closing doors in my house was forbidden. Is it, is, it, is it more so like, uh, you know, what, what people in corporate America call like an open door policy? Like I'm always available, that kind of thing? I'm always available. My parents never closed their doors. My, 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 like, we were, we we're not allowed to close the door. And so with that, many other stories that are really terrible because, <laughs> oh, because yeah. not closing doors, right? And like, <laughs> I remember one day that I got it. I got to go to the bathroom. Number one. <laughs> run, 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 run. <laughs> my brother came with his friends. Ah, so that's my mom, and that's blah, blah, blah. oh, and that over there, that's my sister. And I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> what is going on? And oh, and another thing that like in, in Japan they they have this um, big pools, if you want to call them like that, with very hot water, and people get undressed and they, you know, they, they're naked. They're they're taking a big collective bath. Wow. Yes, and it's and, 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 and it's incredible because before you go to this amazing collective baths, um, you have to scrub yourself like thoroughly. So because cleanliness in Japan is a big thing. As in, you can pass your finger right like this in a restaurant or in, or in, the, in one of these places, or even in public places, it's like extremely clean. Uh, wow. as in, you have to scrub yourself and everything, and then you go to this to this huge. Public uh, baths and and you submerge it. It's, it's a pool. Imagine a huge pool, like a it's like a huge jacuzzi. An Olympic pool or something like that. Hmm? It's like a huge jacuzzi. It's a huge jacuzzi. Thank you. Yes, yes, yeah, hot. It's like you get there and like, ooh. okay. And so people get there and and you relax and you meditate and you breathe and you think. Or some people talk. You have to talk very quietly and people in japan people speak quietly oh that's another difference that you were asking me between the latino and the japanese like here the japanese people are like very measured with their expressions and and they laugh and they cover their senses like, <laughs> <laughs> but then the latinos are like, ha, 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 with like right? yeah, yeah. uh the way they should, and, and how how loud they are but here you they had to be like and then um <laughs> I remember, I remember that, uh, well, well, okay, so with that concept in mind, my mom loved it, and so she had this fantasy of having like a little bath like that at home, again, we're in Mexico City, well, she calls the, I don't know who does this, it wouldn't be the, the plumber, it would be the, the person that was fixing contractor, it. yeah, a contractor. She will hire a con, she hired the contractor that fixed everything in the house, because that's another thing in Mexico, you have one person that is the plumber, the electrician, the contractor, the one that paints the whole, everything. <laughs> and so, um, so he, he built this, this, this big thing in the like, pool. 
Um, and so I was growing up and telling my friends, well, yeah, you know, yesterday I was taking a bath with my brothers and my sister and my friends were like, you were what again? It's like, yeah, we were all in the bathtub and, and you know, we're having fun. I was like, you, you take baths with your brothers and your sister's like, yeah, you don't. And they were like, no. What? <laughs> how old, how, and how old was everybody? I think, I think my brothers were 13, 14. Uh, we were like seven, eight, like he's, he's seven older than me. So, but that's so interesting. But he was like, and, I, and, I say that's so weird. Uh, <laughs> no, um, interesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and, 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 uh, and here's the thing about the concept of the body in the, in, in this culture is not seen with this, Ah, what is the name in English? Like the sexuality? Sí, como no es morbosa, no es sucio. No, no es yeah. Yeah, the sexuality is a different thing. Sexuality is a different concept. And so me seeing my little brothers, like we're children. We're children. There's innocence in it. There's Nobody right. was thinking of, ooh, your body wasn't forbidden. It was like, okay, whatever. So, um, so th and that was another one with my friends. It's like, you don't know. So, <laughs> and then people will come to my place and have to take their shoes off. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't understand. I, I didn't even question. So, because you asked me the question of if I had to embrace it, mm -hmm. it's not, it wasn't, I wasn't conscious of, okay, let me embrace this thing of taking the shoes off. No, it was like, you, you come home, you take your shoes. And I asked my friends, you don't? And they were like, no. And then they came to my place and they saw all the little shoes there. And I was like, so I put my shoes here? And I'm like, yeah. It's like, ew, but I'm going to be with my socks. And I said, like, yeah, but you're bringing stuff with your shoes from the streets. <laughs> so they go like, yeah, but then, then, then you mop. And, and so it was this conversation afterwards that with time, it just makes sense. So now, Pavel, now I consciously say, which things I do want to embrace and keep. So now as an adult, so now you come to my house, mi casa, tu casa, and, <laughs> and you take your shoes off. <laughs> oh, I do, I, I do the same thing. I, I make people take their shoes off. There's a, you know, now, now in this conversation, I'm thinking like, there's a lot of parts of the Japanese culture that I want to embrace. <laughs> I need to, I mean, I don't have enough space. I'll be honest. I don't have enough space in my New York city apartment for like a huge jacuzzi pool. But, uh, that's that's going to be a goal for me in like in a few years Pavel, they have the tiniest spaces in the world huh? and so they're they're bad they're they have some imagine the size of a shower of a very small place like some of the small hotels in new york right so it's like it's, it's like a bathtub the size of a shower that it's high until uh like if you stand up, it would be like more or less to your waist. And so it closes it and you get in, but, but, but you're, it's, it's confined, it's small, so you're sitting down, it's like that. That's so cool. It's really cool, yeah. <laughs> That's so cool. And I, I want to get into, like, you, you know, you shared, you shared the experience of telling this story in, in Mexico City, right? And people were looking at you like you were crazy, right? Uh, what was that experience like when you moved to the U.S. though, right? Because now, yeah, now you have to, well, yeah, what was that experience like coming to the U.S. and sharing some of those stories? Imagine this, is, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm not kidding, I'm juggling my Mexican side, 
the Japanese side in the United States, right? And oh my goodness, it's been just uh, a, a beautiful, a beautiful trip. Let's begin with something. I was working for a, a company called AOL, and I remember that one of my first, <laughs> one of my first visits, I was meeting my uh, Omoldo, my um, my peer, and uh, and and he is a very highly respected person in a very very high leadership role, right? So I come to his office and it's like, hi, Rod, how are you? I grab his hand, pull the chick, um, kiss him, why not? And he went like, whoa. <laughs> so I look at him and I was like, oh, you don't do that here. And he's like, no, but I'm fine with it. I understand you're coming from another place, so it's okay, I'm not offended. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I did a yeah. lot of those where I just didn't know what was uh what was <laughs> accepted here i learned here a lot of words that we don't have in our culture tmi <laughs> <T -M -I. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> many times i was speaking and people go like whoa 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 we know tmi and i'm like tmi no no idea what do you mean too much information yeah that's like we don't need to know like that level of detail and so i was like okay so we don't have that There's, that's another cultural shock oh another one um PDA. Oh my God! And there's acronym acronyms for everything here in this country. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> public display of affection. I was like, what? What do you mean, public display of affection? And so yes, people to pay attention to people holding hands or kissing or hugging or or walking the streets, uh, uh, holding. Uh, yeah, and and then definitely, uh, I don't know how to, like. All right, in the United States, and I, and I have been researching tremendously on this, there is the cultural background that is coming from the North, and I'm going all the way to England, you know, and to the, to the cold, uh, not, not, not cold as in uh, people are cold, but like to the colder Northern uh, places, Nordic places, right? Uh, where language was developed, culture was developed, language and culture are representing a way of being, they come to the United States and bring that with them. And so the people in England, for example, will say something and then you have to almost interpret what was said because it's unspoken. Have you ever watched, watched Sherlock? Oh, like, the, um, is, the version, it, is it the version with, with, uh, uh, I, the guy that did, uh, the uh, Dr. Strange, um, I didn't, I didn't see Sherlock Holmes. Wait, but are you, are you talking more so about like, um, the series? <laughs> I know I, I haven't, I haven't seen Sherlock Holmes, oh, but is it, Pavel, it's, it's really good. We're, I'm, okay. So I'm, I'm watching Sherlock, but the, the, the UK version, mm -hmm. and I have to pause it often. And I just remember my husband's like, did he mean yes, but he said no? And he goes like, yeah, 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 that's understood. And I was like, how is that understood? Well, because it's a polite way of saying this, this and that. So it's almost like, it's almost like we all have to be royalty. And so we have to, to address in a polite way. And instead of saying that we don't want to see this person again, <laughs> we say, we, we stand up and say, so Pavel, it will be great to see you again and open the door. And that means, and that means leave, and I don't want to see you again, right? So, so imagine that. So, <laughs> like, 
ah, so I say pausing is like he, they meant that way. So here's a phrase that I don't hear often in Mexico growing up in the Latin American countries. What do you mean? What do I mean with what? What do you mean with what you said? Because I meant what I said, I just said it. And I realized after living here and going into this language things, it's a cultural thing that people say something you must interpret and read between the lines what you meant. It's super interesting. And so <laughs> in the beginning, I thought it was a bit schizophrenic, honestly. I mean, with all the respect to everybody, I thought it was like, that's kind of schizophrenic. Because you're using, you're hearing one voice and then you're hearing other voices and then you say something else. And then I have to guess what you were trying to say, right? And I was like, you know, it's like when someone tells you, oh, bless your heart. So the first time I heard that, it was like, oh, that's so sweet. She told her to bless her heart. And the other person said like, no, no, no. She's actually sending her to somewhere else. It's like, well, he, she just said bless her heart. So that's so <laughs> interesting. So this thing's like, ooh, cultural shocks. Now I get a lot of them. Now I understand. And now I try to, to navigate that. So uh, food-wise, music-wise, uh, dressing as well. Like everything then had to flow with whatever I was, I was in. Like in corporate America. Oof. You wanted me to talk about authenticity in corporate America? Because Please. <laughs> So, your Latina or Latino in corporate America, uh, lots of challenges because the way because of the way we we are, because of the way we behave, uh, we bring a lot to the plate, and I think that's why I became a very big ambassador of diversity and inclusion. And I've been working in day and I for eighteen years now. I did not know that the straits were making us stronger. No, we have this capability of seeing things in another perspective, and the perspective is called si se puede. It's super interesting. So when people say, I think outside of the box, I was like, what box? I don't have a box. What? It's like, <laughs> we Latinos do not know what a box is. It's like, <laughs> just tell me what needs to be done and I'll make it happen. Right? Si se puede. Yeah. Like, we don't, we don't have all this. Oh, wait rules and regulations and, and policies and, and hierarchies and steps to follow. Like we, we're, we're not, we, we don't come from cultures like that. We, it's a very flexible one. And that flexibility is the strength that we bring to the table in corporations because we get things solved. We're not waiting for procedures and manuals and instructions. We don't read instructions. Just we figure it out. We figure it out. Um, and that in one hand, right? And so uh, be, having to play the game then in corporations was like, oh, there's a manual. I got to read the whole manual. I got to abide by this. So let's say that my territory is New York, but there's an emergency in Chicago, but that's not my territory. I can't go there. No, you can't. Okay, why not? Because that's not your territory. But they have an emergency but that's not your territory. So there's nobody that is gonna help them. Oh, well, it's like, oh, wait, what? Um, so you have to play the game and, 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 and try to comply as best as possible and say, okay, I won't go there. Can I have a video conference and then help them? Oh, we didn't think about that. Okay, good, resolved. Uh, <laughs> because the other one is not possible. Uh, that also 
now translated into small everyday things, Pavel, the way that we dress. Oh my God, me showing this, showing up with this beautiful Guatemalan uh, piece of art was a deal, you know? One time I show up with a, a necklace that my friend from Venezuela brought from me. And, um, and I was wearing it here and it's full of colors and then big earrings. And uh, someone in my team said, ¿Vas a un carnaval? Are you going to a carnival? Wow. Uh, and, and, and I understand he didn't mean it in a bad way, but, uh, but I took it as, oh, maybe that's too much. So then I tuned myself down. And then I was laughing and I was very joyful. And uh, it was frowned upon. It was frowned upon because then I moved to a team where there was no Latinos or anything else. And the conversations were very much too. To the point, we go to the meeting, we finish the meeting, here is the thing. I don't care about your mom, your dad, your dog, what you eat, if you have a party, if you have your children, blah, blah, blah. Business is business, bum, 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 right? Little I knew I was becoming that. And so I was suppressing that part, you know? So the way, the way that I interacted, the way that I dressed, um, the, the thought processes of, um, even planning an event, like what should happen? Let's have a, an ice breaking session. I was like, no, we're gonna go blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. uh, I ended up with black suits, dark blue and brown and gray. And <laughs> when I started my business, Pavel, uh, two years after I started my business, so I've been in business five years now, so somewhere in between here in the middle. And, and why, sorry, yeah. why did you want to start a business is it because you found yourself like hiding who you were did, did you see a problem that you wanted to solve like why exactly did you know I think it's one of the serendipities in, in in life that just happened and and this cliche of blessing in disguise actually happened so uh, it's beyond the cliche now it's actually a matter of fact it's, it's a scientific fact that everything happens for a reason that everything has a timing and that you just have to be in the right place in the right time uh, for many many years I have been invited to be a speaker, keynote speaker, or just a guest or, or something like that. In many of my corporations where they said, hey, you know, so can you give a speech, an opening speech for this? And I was like, sure, right? And, and I started doing that much more because I was engaged in the ERG, the employee resource groups. And as I was getting engaged with these groups or, or business resource groups, I was doing it now more often and also more uh, purposefully directed to something. No? It wasn't a social thing for me only. It was more like, it was my flag and, and, and this is who I am and, and, and viva el multiculturalismo and like, 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 let's, let's be multicultural, let's open to everyone. So I started, I started carrying that flag and putting it in front and, and, and pursuing that. And... Uh, <laughs> And so then the more I was doing that, the more I was called to speak in, in, in many places. And, and I recall instances, at least two or three of them that really marked me, uh, where I was in my element. I was, I was super, I was in, a, in my bliss. We call this uh, in, in, in the, there's this philosophy called Ikigai. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's like finding my Ikigai. Oh, I have to tell you about that, but later. <laughs> I was in my point. I was in my point of bliss, finding my purpose, because I was feeling it right then and there when I was speaking to people. And I have this, uh, this. <laughs> I built this session that is called "No, no soy yo, eres tú," which is it's not me, it's you. 
and it was about corporations understanding that we Latinos bring these amazing things to the plate and that if you're not understanding that it's you it's you you're not you're not getting that if you get all these five six seven things about all culture you're going to be more productive you're going to grow in your company we're going to make like we're going to make it big so anyway, I was doing that and uh, somebody came to me and said, I really love what you did. I want to hire you. But I was an employee, wow. but I was an employee. So I, it's, a, it's, a, it's a conflict of interest. So I said, ah, oh, I'm very honored, thrilled, but I can't because I'm an employee of this company. And they go, oh, what a shame because you, you will be fantastic in mine. And I was like, oh, thank you. You know what, I just feel so good. But then I, that kept me like, ooh. And then I was in a conference in um, Goldman Sachs in Wall Street. It was a beautiful building, beautiful, huge. There were 400 women there. It was Women of Alpha, an organization for Latinos. Um, and I remember giving this session on uh, leadership and, and women in finance. And I remember this feeling of kind of fulfilling my mission as we were going through a workshop and, and, and I asked all these women and men, they were a little bit of everything here. Um, we, I asked this question, what did you have to leave behind to be where you are today? And some people started crying and I'm like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I, I, I. It was really, really intense, but I felt that ikigai again, like that my point of place is like, I can, I can do this forever. And, I was, and then as I was uh, uh, about to leave, Someone else said, uh, can, can you be our next keynote speaker? Uh, how much do you charge? You see, and I'm like, ah, here we go again with that. It's like, no, so sorry, you can't this and that. Oh, but where, where's your book? It's like, my book. Hmm. My book. My book. My book will come very soon. <laughs> Thank you, my book will come very soon. Uh, so things have started happening to me before I started my business. I'm talking two, three, two, three months before that. And then I started working with a friend of mine and a friend of Michael Jai, she has a group for Latinas. And I just, uh, I recorded, I, I just recorded my episode with her yesterday. Yesterday? Yeah. So then, so she started uh, uh, gathering all this group of women in more or less in the same year in 2014 or between the 12 and the 14, she started gathering all this group of women. She calls me one day and say, can you prepare this workshop for all these women? And it's like, of course, I would love to. Still employee of this other place. So I just started giving workshops for her group. And I loved it every time. And it was about uh, building your own brand. I worked four years in Ogilvy and Mather. And in Ogilvy, it's all about brand. And I understood perfectly brand promise. What is, what is in a brand? How do you portray your brand? How do you build your, your tagline, your personal tagline and all that? So put together a workshop uh, on that. And then another one on um, like uh, assertive communication, for example, right? Or, and then we started with public speaking. And so then I started the confident public speaker. We got hired by HBO and HBO is giving us all this, all this coaching and all these things that we can do. And and I was thinking and feeling, Pavel, have you heard the expression of the, your, the, the horses before the carriage? Yeah. All right. Mm -hmm. So I felt that I was being chased by the horse, no, the carriage. 
that has been chased by the horse. So, but I'm in the front, right? And I tell this to a friend of mine and she said, and you're downhill. I'm like, ah! <laughs> you're downhill. And I felt so many times, Pavel, that the calling was just so loud that it says, just go do it. Um, on 2016, actually 2015, uh, our VP calls us and tells us, this is going to, this is, we're going to dismantle this whole, this whole uh, department of training and development for multicultural markets and marketing for multicultural markets and uh, new businesses. And so you have a few months to find something internally or you can take your, your package. And I've got to say, the part, a part of me was like, what am I going to do? Like, mm-hmm. I can't, oh my goodness. I have, without knowing it, institutionalized myself it was seven years so i saw that company like my universe it wasn't like right now i turn around and then it happens to be like this and i love them a lot i don't mean in a, in a perspective way but um in a, in a pejorative way but but it was like the world and, and i thought what am i going to do and then a lot of blessings happened pavel uh one of them is i met with the vp of marketing and the vp asked me so here your resume says that you speak Portuguese and that you have served the Brazilian market. So what is this about? And I'm like, well, I mean, it's not super Portuguese. It's Portuñol. I get that. Uh, but I have trained in Sao Paulo for years. So I did that. Um, and so there's a huge population of Brazilian coming to the United States. There's a lot of investment. You know, these are people that are willing to open businesses and invest and grow and they have to, and, and work for it, and some of them have money, and some don't, but all of them are definitely extremely hardworking. So I go through this, and I'm thinking, Pavel, are you asking me because you seriously don't know? Because then you have a problem. Or are you asking me because you're testing me? And then we have a problem as well. Like, I don't want a boss that I have to either educate on something as basic, or that is testing me constantly to prove myself. So disappointment number one. Then I went to another department, which is like what I really wanted. And it was in training and development, a learning and development. And I was really, really happy because this gentleman said, your reputation precedes you. We want you to stay. I have some ideas for you of things you can do. But you had, but you were going downhill. You had this horse and carriage chasing you. Yes. Yes. And instead of saying, instead of saying, I'm a ninja. Actually, I'm not a ninja, I'm a samurai, because ninjas are mercenaries, so I'm not into that. (laughs) Samurais are honorable and defend the emperor, so I'm a samurai. So instead of thinking, I'm a samurai, the horse is coming back, the carriage is coming back, I'm going to jump, get the horse, settle in as we're going down, and we'll take this to the highest mountain. Instead of saying that, I got afraid. Yeah. I got afraid. What am I going to do? Oh my God, that's my na- house. That's natural. That's natural. I, I just put my, uh, the, the, the offer for a house that I had to let go. I, we couldn't move because I just lost my pay stuff. And my benefits, the medical benefits are extremely, extremely expensive outside. And, and my security and the blanket. And, and so everything was tumbling, in, economically speaking, right? And so instead of thinking that I am a brave samurai, I just thought I'm going to be smashed by the horse and the, everything that's coming behind me. And, 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 and then this blessing starts happening. And the blessing is this, Pavel, that as I am trying to seek for a brighter future or staying in the company, I am finding myself in the process. 
mira corazón, I'm meeting, I'm meeting with this man that is telling me, where do you want to be? And I was like, I want to be, I want to be here in New York. I want, this is what I wanted to do. And I wanted to do multiculturalism because I am completely convinced that a company that calls itself true multicultural will only manifest the multiculturalism as their marketing materials and training materials are not only translated into different languages, but trained into different languages. Mm-hmm. Just think about all the processes and the infrastructure that has to happen for that. But think most importantly, that if you do that as a corporation, who are you reaching? Because guess what? English is not the official language in the United States. Nowhere in the constitution of the United States says that everybody should speak English. And guess what? As much as you tell people, oh, English only, don't speak English, which by the way is quite illegal, right? And by the way, people do it all the time. You can't stop what happens at my home. And at my home, I speak Chinese, Korean, Vietnamese, Tagalog, Arabic, Hebrew. That's what I speak at home. And guess what? That's what I speak with my community. So you can't stop it. And so if instead of, instead of servicing the clients, instead of servicing your community, and instead of growing your company because you're missing a bunch of people just because of that, instead of jumping into that wagon, you're just closing the doors. Yeah. And he said, so what do you want to do? And I said, where I am and with my age and my experience, I need to be put in a place where I can shine with my own light and help others shine. And that is not an office. When I say that, Pavel, I was like, oh my God, who spoke? (laughs) 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 Who's here? Who spoke? And I drove that afternoon with that phrase that I said, saying, muy bien, Minoy, this is your time. I took my car and I called my husband and I said, I'm doing this. I'm starting my consulting firm and I am helping people shine with their own light, period. That was 2016, the beginning of the year. What did that, what did that feel like at the moment? Scary, relieving, adrenaline at the same time, <laughs> endorphins, adrenaline, oxytocin, everything at the same time going around in a spiral. But I have to say a good one a very good one. I've been in business five years. I will never go back. I will never go back to, to that. You know, I will never go back to it. Yeah. Uh, and, and, uh, and when I say going back, it's just, I will never go back to, to not servicing others, to not deciding what is best for a community, to having to change the way I dress, the way I speak, the way I do my hair, the way I color my nails, because I was even questioned about it. Well, why were they blue or red or yellow? I, I won't go back to, I won't go back to people judging and criticizing because I have an accent. Guess what I do right now in Yoshida Academy? One of my sessions is called, it's not your, it's not your accent, it's your diction. It's just a matter of people understanding what you're saying, that's enough. But you yeah. have an accent, oh my God. Put it over here, put it over here. You have an accent, agarratelo de bandera. Just use it as you fly because that's the beauty of what makes you, you. Yeah. And so instead of going there, I'm just now using everything that, everything that pushed me away from being authentic. Now I'm using it as a strength to help others be authentic themselves. It's, and it's so, um, 
we probably don't have time to get into accents, but it's so interesting. I the, can go back. Yeah, yeah. No, it's no, because I want to. I want to get into. I, I do want to get into um, just uh, into the coaching that you do, not on the business side, but more so like on these like individual. Um, like public speaking sessions, if you will. Well, like you do that scale, but it's it's more like on an individual basis. And uh, but the accents are so interesting because like some accents are deemed, if they hear it, they automatically think that they're uneducated. But some accents, like the British accent, people are like, oh, genius, right? It like makes you seem quote unquote more intelligent compared to another accent that someone seems as less intelligent, which is ridiculous. <laughs> Right. Um, but I, I do want to get into your, your, your coaching in particular with the public speaking. Like we've spoken about you in particular, some of the critiques or feedback that you've received. Like what are some of those insecurities and, and things that your clients tell themselves or have heard that they're trying to work through? So accent is one of them. And you're right. I mean, they, they, they hear that, that they wish accent. But here's the thing, Pavel, that only happens to a certain population, by the way. Mm -hmm. This hearing of the English accent and thinking that it's fantastic only happens in a very in in, in a in a Caucasian population that that social <laughs> I was going to say social media but no it's like a movie because that's the reality no, it's a generation that's watched a movie and it's like oh wow it's like the royal queen so I must speak like that and doing that but that's only that population and for the rest of us is like not really it doesn't cause me that impression at all like i don't think oh la la they speak french so there must be superiors <laughs> like speak to me because it's the love of love is there is a is the language of love so i'm going to fall in love if you speak some words it's like so i think it's just that's more that's more like the u.s culture uh for those of us who come from other places we we don't uh, accept no, it's not accepted we just uh, don't don't take it like that um Accent definitely is not the number one. The number one is I'm afraid of being judged. And so I always say, okay, repeat after me. I created a phrase, Pavel, that I wrote in a big, big uh, a board. And my participants have to say this out loud as I am teaching them nonverbal communication. And they have to say this. I don't care if you judge me. I am doing the right thing on the right way for the right reasons my conscience is clear and my spirit is lifted <laughs> and i wrote that down and now they had to do it but like in, in in with a lot of theatrical expression right and i tell them who cares if somebody's judging you of course they're judging you i'm judging you you're judging me it's like that's not the point the point is that you don't care about it because because you're doing the right things no? Um, so judging one. The second one is the accent. And I always tell them, oh, beautiful. Say yes, everybody repeat after me. Yes, good. Say it proud and loud. Yes, chicken, sleeper. Say it like that. So accent is another one. Um, another one is not being able to come up with the right vocabulary, mostly when English is not your first language. So I teach them techniques to overcome that by not obsessing into having the right word. You can have synonyms. You can describe it. You play share a with the audience. Uh, you can you can give an analogy. You can paint it. You can use your hands. Like there's many things to do when the word escapes, but when you fixate on it, then it doesn't work like that. Um, oh, and another one is people. Some people are very afraid of going blank, of going completely blank. And so, in one of the public speaking courses that I do is improvising. That has nothing to do with 
how do you call this flying by the seat of your pants? Oh my goodness. The yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I got it. Oh my goodness. It just took me like five years to learn it. Uh, but this is, it's, it's not about that. When you improvise, it's because you're really prepared. So we help them to do that as well. Uh, and those are, those are the top, I think. Uh, after that, then it comes, I don't know what, what, what to work. I don't know if I'm going to be interesting enough. I don't know if my story is relevant. I don't know if I'm going to have a wardrobe my function and, and the Wi-Fi trip and things like that. Uh, but but the, 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 the basics are those that you're saying. So I do give public speaking coaching. And now that we have COVID-19, this is the coaching that I give. And I tell them literally, what is your space? And what do you have around you? And where is the camera? And what, what is the angle that you should have it? Um, I teach a lot of micro expressions and, um, and then volume, tone, pace, uh, cadence, uh, meaning. So now, now I do this and I do it privately. And we also have uh, coaching sessions in group next January, uh, next February 24th. We're starting with the Confident Public Speaker cohort and uh, basic program. So we'll send you all the information, of course, so you can have it. <laughs> but uh, that's what we do. And we help people be authentic and be brave. That, that's so, so cool. Um, and for me, it, it seems like it, it's really come full circle, right? From you in many ways trying to like figure out your own identity and what your superpower is and like find your light. And now you're helping so many people do that. Um, moving forward though, like if there's one thing that, well, what is one thing that continues to inspire and empower you to continue being your most authentic self? People like you. <laughs> people like you. See, yeah, seriously, people, people like Angio Gando, my amazing co-founder of the Academy. People like Jai, people, people like, like Jackie Camacho that's always helping us. People, people that are true ambassadors of who we are, not in a way of covering it, but in a way of letting it shine outside. You know, um, I have to say something. My mission in life is to help one person every day. And so by the end of the year, I have 365 people being helped. And by I say help is when I hear, oh, I can. Oh, so I can be myself. I just hear that. And for me, it's like, ah, that's it. That's it. Like if, if you say it, and it's not that I'm giving it to people, by the way, I cannot give you something you have. You are already brave. My job is to remind you that you're brave. You're already powerful. I don't empower women. It's like, Minna, can you give us empowerment? No, I cannot give you something that you possess. You have the power. I remind you of your power. Yes. Con mucho gusto. Right? And so I can do that. So what would be the one thing? This, I want to continue pursuing that ikigai, that moment of bliss, that purpose, and help other people ignite that as well. If I'm going to be the light for others, then that's exactly what I'm going to do. Take my light and be lighting everybody. Everybody, lit up, speak up, stand up, <laughs> make a difference, and, and mostly be yourself. Be yourself, and people will love you exactly as it is. And, and those who don't, what a blessing. Let them go. Bye. And that's it. Be yourself. When I started with this Wonder Woman thing, oh my goodness, you should, you would have, oh wow. I have a workshop that is called the seven steps to become Wonder Woman. 
but then I changed to seven steps to become a super uh, <laughs> a, a superhero because I had men and women and I thought why just Wonder Woman let's open this to everyone and so I was highly criticized at the corporation for this and they were like come on you're stop joking and why are you dressing up and now that I have my own business I was like you know what I'm dressing up because it represents and I want to represent the strength and, and of course I, 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 I like that, that character of course she's fearful and she's truthful and all these things and so I am being more me than I have ever been in my life 